Thanks for tuning in. I'm Maeve. And I'm Sophia. And this is Bottom Shelf. Most recently, last night, Jessica Williams, comedian extraordinaire and correspondent for The Daily Show, avid user of Instagram, well, maybe that's not true, but good user of Instagram, came to speak at our school last night and was awesome. Yeah, she was really amazing. And um, it was an on-campus group that brought her to school, and they basically, for a lot of speakers, they put them in sort of a smaller arena. And for Jessica Williams, they put her in the gymnasium, and a ton of people showed up. You had to reserve tickets to be able to go see it. And I just thought it was amazing that so many students from our school community really wanted to see her and really appreciate not only her work, but her ideas. And people were really cheering and, like, applauding and were really happy with what she was saying. Yeah, and I I think the other important thing is that it was a good um, – she was, like, a diverse guest for um, this certain student organization that brings speakers – both diverse because she's a comedian and we don't get a lot of comedy at our school, sadly. Um, but also because she is, you know, a black woman. And I think that is also just, you know, a minority in comedy in general. But great to bring that type of speaker yeah. to the Yeah, well, and I also think it's really important to have speakers who are going to address the student body as a whole and talk about um, body image, race, identity, gender issues in general, and... Um, have the audience and attention of the entire student body, not just students who happen to be studying gender identities or um, students who identify as a minority, because I think um, so many of the issues that she touched on are super important for everybody to hear, whether or not uh, you identify as a minority or whether or not you're studying and super interested in these topics. I also think something that a lot of people would be surprised to know is that she's only 25 or 26. She's very young. Super young. young. 26, I think. And Um, considering we're sitting in a gymnasium full of college students, she's only a couple years older than a lot of people in that stadium. And I think, um, I couldn't call it a stadium, in that gym. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a stadium. In In the arena. It's called an arena. Yes, sometimes we even have sporting events there. It's true. Uh, yes, she's super young, super hilarious, um, super relatable, uh, everyone wanted to hug her. That was actually bringing up my favorite part. Um, a girl who, This was your favorite this part. This was my favorite part because it really this struck was cringeworthy. home with me. I it was, was going to slink out of my but seat. also great. Um, a girl in the audience who was handed the microphone first during the Q&A, the girl said, Oh my gosh, I'm talking to Jessica Williams. Everybody's kind of cringing because this girl is just like gushing over her embarrassingly. And then she says, I can't think of a question, but can I give you a hug? And Jessica Williams responded like visibly with, cringing. Yeah, visibly cringing. She says, I'm just not really a hugger. And you know what? I can connect with that on so many She's levels. She's like my spirit animal because in that I am moment. Not, I am not a hugger. Not with my family, not with my closest friends. It's, yeah. I, and hugging recently, is something that I just am not into. This has been a, like a point of conversation among our friends. Neither of us are huggers. And people like can't get over it. Like, yeah. We're, I'm not going to hug you. People tell me I give bad hugs, which is just rude in general. Like, <laughs> I'm already not into it, and then you need to criticize me. Um, whatever. I'm not about to, like, high five or, like, you know, just, like, 
wave from across the Not from across the quad. I'm all about I'm like, like ducking behind pillars if I see someone I know. It seems um, a little bit extreme, but yeah. No, the hugging is really not Nope, not something I'm into. And apparently Jessica Williams is also not into it, so now I feel much more forceful about, you know, being open with the fact that I don't like to hug because Jessica Williams also doesn't like to hug. Yeah, so I think that's pretty great. Um, yeah, it was, like, all around a good performance. At one point, someone sitting next to me, here's a shout-out to Kim. <laughs> Jessica Williams asked if anyone was from Ohio. Kim is from Ohio and kind of, like, flips shit. And, like, waved around to get her attention. And eventually she did. Um, but I think Naturally, basically she was like, this is the last time you'll, you'll be able to, celebrate. to be. Yeah, you'll be proud for being from Ohio. Uh, wow. <laughs> so it's pretty exciting. I was sitting next to her. Yeah. Um, so I just want to touch on um, another thing she talked about that I thought was really important. She shared a lot of. Despite not being a huggy person, she shared a lot of feelings, with, a lot of her personal feelings with the audience. And I feel like. So many of what, so many things that she said really hit home with a lot of people, or a lot of people really connected to it because she talked about as a young person being confused about absolutely everything. And I think for a lot of us who don't really have our lives figured out, to hear that someone who is so motivated, so passionate, and really has an amazing career, started at such a young age, to hear that even she feels confused as a young person. And she talked about just, um, being confused about what to do with things she feels angry about, you know, social events, news items that make her angry, and not knowing what she can do to change it, what she should do um, differently herself, and just in general being confused with the craziness that is society and life. Um, Yeah, like really a success story because she figured out how to channel that confusion and anger into creating great and hilarious and like hella thoughtful, hella woke pieces for The Daily Show. Um, Like probably my favorite correspondent. Like her videos, you know, her one about like catcalling, the one about uh, like college campus safety for women. Mm -hmm. Those are like videos that I have like shared frequently to, you know, people that I care about. Something else I think she is doing as um, uh, an avid feminist that a lot of people aren't doing is the fact that she's a comedian makes her art, I guess, more accessible, whereas a lot of people might feel averse to reading an essay about catcalling or reading a lot online or watching a news story or reading reports of campus rape, whereas coming at it from a comedy standpoint it's accessible, it's enjoyable to watch. They're absolutely hilarious, but you also come away with an understanding of the important message that she was trying to get at. And because she is herself so passionate about it, I think it's just a, a really good way to discuss and get issues out there because it's accessible to everybody because who doesn't love comedy? Yeah, I think that's one of maybe the best um things about the daily show in general is they're able to very like smartly convey some really complex issues to like the masses in like really fun short segments you know like that that's hard to do and she does it really well and it was very cool to see her in person and to see like not only when she was like being funny but she also had I think the cool maybe coolest thing about her set is that it really was like a mix of stand-up comedy and storytelling Mm -hmm. she had a lot of like very serious moments where she was talking about like her own journey and like self-acceptance of like her body talking about like racial issues and then like she had a Q&A after the stand-up 
bit. Uh, and she was like very thoughtful with all of her answers that people asked. And, um, I really loved how she at the end, like really encouraged, um, minority, minority women and women in general to like really get into, you know, Mm -hmm. creative arts because that's where their voices are missing. And I thought that was awesome. Like what a great way to leverage her power and influence. Yeah, and she does have huge power and influence. I think a lot of that comes with she just has this incredible stage presence. She is sort of inspiring and empowering. Even just sitting in the audience, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, this is so great. And then I was also laughing, you know, and at points I was like, oh, my gosh, should I cry? She just has a really incredible stage presence. And I think, I mean, not everybody has that. If I got up on stage, it would be... Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, but like if you have that and you have yeah. that power to really move people to move an audience, which mm-hmm. she did, making an audience laugh is a way of moving an audience. And totally. she, um, I think she really hit the nail on the head, and she continued speaking on college campuses because, yeah, well, and also moving on to bigger, more successful things. Oh yeah, of course. Sorry to the comedians that have to do the college circuit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, love Jessica Williams. Tweeted at her. You know, a lot of times, no response. It's. I think I used too many emojis, and I think mm. I probably freaked her out. I used. She a probably lot. thought you were a hugger. She was like, she pegged you for a hugger because she saw all those emojis. <sighs> no, but I used the um, like smiley purple demon emoji. Uh, I have purple hair, and I wanted her to notice me in the audience. I'm sure she did. So I was like, "Yo, you're purple haired fan," and I thought that was the fitting emoji. But that seems like a prickly emoji. Seems you a little know? crazy. Yeah. Yeah, crazy mm-hmm. is probably uh, a good word, um, and probably why she didn't acknowledge me or uh, potentially she just has so many people tweeting at her that she cannot acknowledge yeah, all of them probably not. whatever next time aspirations though goals constant in life. struggle of Sophie to be recognized on twitter by tweeting Jessica at Williams. celebrities uh and getting no response um that's fine i'm gonna persevere also be persistent i just told her by the time i'm 26 i have my life semi-figured out and can be as, you know, motivated and passionate as she is. Well, here's, like, the bananas thing is that she got the call for The Daily Show when she was still in college. college. I know. Like, I am just slacking because if if that's how you get things done is you, like, apply in college for The Daily Show, then I am very far behind. Well, she had, like, an agent and shit. Well, obviously, I don't... I don't have an agent. Why would I have an agent? (laughs) Nobody would want to. Uh, (laughs) Um, anyway... So being envious of Jessica Williams is one thing, but according to a New Yorker article that was published sometime this summer, a while ago, we've sort of been sitting on this article because we wanted to talk about it at some point, but there was never really a natural time, but seeing dear youthful Jessica Williams speak to us and inspire us. Uh, and it seemed like a good time. Yeah, and relate to us. It seemed like a good time to talk about this article. Um, it is in the New Yorker called Can Envy Be Good For You? And it is about... Uh, two types of envy that there, uh, you know, there's been a study about whether or not um, envy can actually be inspiring and motivating, uh, which is something that is very real for people our age, I think. Yeah. As people are starting, even, well, maybe a little early, well, I don't know, the really inspiring people are already doing stuff, but, you know, people well, so are graduating. Here's, here's my question, is, because envy has a negative connotation, what is then the main difference between Envy and admiration. Yeah. Is admiration not just a positive version of envy? Yeah. So um, this is how – so the original study um, that this article is summarizing uh, is from the University of California, Santa Barbara, and it's called Inspired by Hope, Motivated by Envy. Uh, So here's what it's talking about. Is it saying that there – 
it breaks apart. What kind of the interesting thing about it is that the per, one of the people that is mentioned in the article does kind of um, a language assessment of different languages and words for envy in different languages. And a lot of different cultures have two different words for envy. One is like uh, roughly translated to kind of benign envy and the mm-hmm. other uh, malignant envy. So on one hand, you have, like, basically the way it breaks it down is malignant envy is where you are, like, you're so envious of this person that you kind of just wish harm upon them. and you So you wish that they were not successful. Okay. okay. Yeah, but as, then there is the good envy where you're, like, you know, it still hurts and it's, like, you know, a burning feeling in your but stomach. But it motivates you to be successful. Right, okay. but it motivates you. And I think the big thing is they're, like, the two things necessary for that are relevance and comparability. So, one, it has to be something, you know, say we saw Jessica Williams and we are both interested in the communications field. So it's natural that we're envious of her because we could see ourselves doing something, not necessarily stand-up comedy, or who knows, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But we can see ourselves doing something in that field, so there's the relevance. And then the comparability, she is a similar age to us, hasn't had any extraordinary circumstances in her life that necessarily made her career you know, trajectory not possible for us. Right. Uh, so that's kind of the big thing. So the point is, is that, you know, though envy is always painful and always kind of hurts and doesn't feel great, you can channel it into something productive. Positive. Yeah. Well, I think that's an important thing to remember, especially when you're oh, yeah. in high school and college, because I think often in, at the end of high school between friends and just between classmates become such a competition about totally. who's applying to what college, who's getting into what college, and who, you know, just the fact that, oh, so-and-so in my chem class is applying to this school that I didn't, that is way out of my reach, and that sort of envy is hard um, to know what to do with mm-hmm. um, and to know how to really feel about it. And so I think it's really um, important also just for maintaining friendships because like you and your friends are not always going to do the same thing yeah and like I think we've had this instance a lot where we are doing like very different trajectories even though we have similar end goals or similar career goals mm-hmm. um and I just think good good envy is a good thing good envy is a good thing and important to remember that it exists you know don't feel totally trapped in yeah, well, because Hatred. another another thing is I think you often, like, you are envious of somebody, and then you feel really guilty about being envious. You're like, oh, this is my best friend, or oh, this is my sister, and I yeah. should not be, I should be happy for them and not feel envious and wish that I was in their place. And so it's important to remember that envy is not necessarily, like, you know, just because you're envious, you're not wishing harm on them, you're not wishing that you were in their place, you're not wishing, you're not thinking that they don't deserve to be where they are, but it's motivating you and inspiring you to get there. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be, I can be greater. So in our celebrity obsession and our sort of strain of talking about celebrities, we wanted to take a little bit of a different angle with celebrities today and talk about um, celebrities who are doing charity work and just um, amazing social work in general. Yes, I think that is something you hear less often or read less often in the tabloids, if you read tabloids, which I need to understand increasingly that not everyone is like me and they don't read tabloids all the time. Right. But. Well, and I think that this is um, something, especially with celebrities who cause a lot of drama in the celebrity world 
outside of their charity work, their charity work is often pushed to the back burner, particularly by the media. Or just, like, overshadowed. Not necessarily, yeah, like, actually not, not focused on. Yeah. Not focused on by the media. And rather than the good work that they're doing, the media is focusing on all the crazy things they're doing. Because it's so much more fun to read about. Mm-hmm. Sorry, world. In particular, uh, Miley Cyrus, I think, would be somebody who gets a lot of negative press mm-hmm. uh, for her crazy cannabis-fueled lifestyle, which is not all that controversial in general, but that's sort of another issue. Um, She has just started a social media campaign Mm -hmm. that is It's an Instagram campaign that is raising awareness about LGBTQ youth. She started a uh, Instagram campaign called Insta Pride. Mm -hmm. It's to celebrate... um, transgender and gender expansive individuals on Instagram. And it's tied to her organization, her charity organization, Mm -hmm. which is called the Happy Hippie Foundation. Yeah, the Happy Hippie Foundation. And essentially the foundation, that the goal of the foundation is to raise awareness for homeless youth, um, particularly uh, transgender homeless youth, and not just homelessness, but all the issues that go along with being um, with being homeless and with being a transgender youth. And she's done so much work. In order to raise money, she has been doing, um, they're calling it the backyard sessions, where she invites different artists to perform with her in her own backyard. Um, and then they're recording, and at the end of the recording, you can make a donation to her foundation. Which is really cool. And I think that, um, you know, although, like, LGBT youth are, you know, a group that I think especially needs a lot of, like, advocacy and a lot of support, particularly, like, trans youth, uh, homeless youth in particular, and especially homeless youth that would identify in any of those categories, um, are something that I think, you know, you don't hear a lot about, and I think they're easy to kind of forget about by society, which Mm -hmm. is maybe a little harsh, but I think homeless people in general, people don't like to talk about, but, you know, you forget that, like, there are teenagers that are on the street. um, Yeah. Which is, you know, very sad. Uh, And good for Miley Cyrus for using her, like, center stage position that she has to bring awareness to such an important um, and controversial issue. So really good for her. I hope this, this campaign, I believe it's only running on Instagram for two weeks, but it's called Insta Pride. Oh. The link to it is in her Why Instagram profile. Why is it only two weeks? I don't know. Yeah. Well, but go look maybe it up. Maybe follow it. There's. It's sort of like a, a Humans of New York spinoff because not like only profiles. does it, yeah, profiles of LGBTQ people, um, members, uh, profiles of members of the LGBTQ community. Um, and I was actually reading a story where Miley herself was really involved in the photo shoots. Is taking the photos. She's in a lot of the photos. So just. Um, it's really hands-on. Yeah. I wonder if the two weeks thing is that that's trying to, like, combat the short attention span of the internet, which is a pretty good idea. Yeah, it really that's is. That's probably the length of time it the really people pay attention, yeah. popularity. So, smart. Good call. Yeah, hopefully her, uh, her, like, boisterousness, her eccentricities don't overshadow, overshadow this too it. much. Mm-hmm. You know, like, people won't take her seriously. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Honestly, even if I think, like, it's she creates a good, like, safe community for the few people that she does profile in the thing, in her campaign, like, I think that's still awesome. Live your life 
else we want to talk about today is makeup and all things makeup and Yay. also awkward makeup experiences. Um, and hopefully some <laughs> listeners can relate. Well, hopefully most listeners cannot relate to my experiences with this. Hey, we're going to learn together. We're going to learn together. Let's and I think that's actually where this idea to talk about makeup started is learning about how to do different kinds of makeup, learning about what type of makeup is best for um, your bone structure, your skin color, just your face in general, knowing how to really... Um, Use different products. Work with what you have. Important disclaimer, you don't have to wear makeup. I don't know who our audience is here, so maybe they already know that and everyone has already, like, set off their own path. But in case we have some, you know, some youngins here who are still in the formative years. Middle school. Certainly don't need to wear makeup. But if you are maybe like us and you haven't worn makeup for a large portion of your adolescence, uh... Do you think there's a class in here? What time would it start? Not now. Shit. <laughs> there's no class in I'm here. I'm going to be so awkward. Class. <laughs> we just recording our podcast. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyways. You probably think we're having a discussion. Though, like, not in- oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. About makeup. Anyways. Um, <laughs> in Katzen. Ha ha. Okay, so if, like us, you have not worn makeup, you didn't wear makeup for, like, many years, and now you're like, where do, where do I put on mascara, and is it weird that I've just put lipstick on my eyelids? Uh, <laughs> in that case, come yes, along. Yes, it is weird. Come along with us. Yeah, firstly, you know what, whatever. If that's what you want, but I would hope by the name you would know that it doesn't go on your eyes. Lipstick, <laughs> uh... Although now I'm thinking about it, most makeup products have the name of the body part on them. Yes. Eyeshadow. Makeup for dummies. Makeup for dummies. That's this segment. Uh, makeup for dummies led by two dummies who know nothing about makeup. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I, here was my issue with makeup is that I grew up in a family um, where makeup was not a thing. I mean, my mom never wore makeup. I don't think she's worn makeup in her life. Like at least, you know, maybe to weddings, but not on a regular basis. And she really um, emphasized with me and my sisters the importance of appreciating your natural beauty and really just being comfortable in your own skin and not feeling like you have to put any artificial products on your face to make yourself more beautiful, which is a totally important thing. Um, But, you know, once I started middle school, I was in sort of a charter school Montessori program all through elementary school, so I was definitely very sheltered. And most of the other girls in that program had similar families where everyone was like, embrace your inner beauty, eat organic food, you don't have to wear makeup or shave your legs, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And once I started middle school at the public school, I think it was a culture shock because here I was surrounded by girls in like one-inch heels, which at that time were like... You know, crazy one inch heels. And um, so I was trying to imagine the shoes that would have a like, one inch. There's like little girls have little bows on them. Yeah. Ooh. You know, and these girls had like glittery makeup and mascara and like tons of Shit. lip gloss. And I just think I showed tons up and immediately felt wildly unprepared because I was like, I've been thrown into this lion's den. <laughs> Of makeup wearing preteens, and I have no idea how to make friends or fit in because I have no idea how to wear makeup. So that, I think, you know, probably first week of middle school is when I decided I need to get my shit together. I need to catch up to the rest of my female counterparts, and, like, 
I just have to learn to wear makeup. Unfortunately, um, the only makeup kept in my house was like Halloween makeup, you know, like for dressing up as a fairy or like a skeleton or just like a weird okay. array in my bathroom cabinet. Just important interjection is that Maeve has already told me this story. And when she first described the only makeup in her house, she did not say it was for Halloween. She said it was <laughs> makeup to dress up like a fairy. So out of context, I was like a classic <laughs> Maeve coming from like some like earth family and the only time that they add like artificial things to their appearance is when they're dressing up as fairies. <laughs> Anyways, that was not the case. It was just Halloween, so it was a Okay, my thing. parents really promoted imagination That's and awesome. creativity and no that's why we judgment. had those types of things. I anyway, love the idea that it was just to dress up as fairies. Yeah, well, you can continue with that. That makes you uh, more So much joy. Okay, continue. Um, so I think I found some glitter for dressing up as a fairy, potentially from one Halloween and use it as eyeshadow and apparently I used it excessively because at school I was ridiculed well not ridiculed but like I had a couple of teachers ask me like what's going on with the glitter like hey you're so glittery today and I was just like mortified because here I thought like oh now I'm chic and like everyone will love me look at me with my makeup finally like I can fit in with all these girls and truly it was just like a disaster and I have in all honesty like to this day no one has ever sat down with me and taught me how to put on makeup like because my mom if she had tried it would have been a disaster my mom does not know how to do makeup either because her mom never taught her you know and I, I love the idea like I now hate wearing makeup I feel like it's a chore to put on makeup in the morning and a lot of days like I'm just not gonna do it because um I think I've reached a point where I'm comfortable enough with my own skin that I don't have a problem going outside without makeup and I also think that I have never worn so much makeup that I look drastically different without makeup and that makes it easier for me to not wear makeup but no one has ever sat down with me and showed me hey this is how you put on eyeliner, which is potentially why I don't wear eyeliner. Or like, hey, this is a good type of thing to use. This is how you do your eyebrows. This is a good lipstick for your skin tone. And so I think, like, it's important for everybody to have sort of a makeup mentor. And I was lucky enough in college to have fashionable roommates who have really, you know, helped me out pulled me along onto the fashion and makeup Pulled, train. dragged. Dragged me, like forcibly dragged me. Um, well, that made me sound unfair. We, we were fine with you not mentoring wearing makeup. Me. Yeah, no, yeah. And I think a all of us hand. rarely wear makeup. But yeah. it's good, you know, for instances when you do want to feel dressed up and you do want to feel you, you have that little extra zing, you know, the for zing, your outfit. The makeup zing. To know how to do it correctly and not look like you walked out of a Halloween store which like is, I did in middle school. Which is fine if that's what you want. Like, express yourself. I think my, like, uh, my relationship with makeup is that I think now the past maybe, like, two years of my life in college is where I've really started to go, like, just totally makeup-free for the entire day. Because then I'm just, like, I kind of find that I'm way more confident if I'm, like, out in public without any makeup. Whereas if I'm wearing makeup, I sweat constantly, possibly a condition, never not sweating. Also, never not talking about how much I sweat, which is maybe the real problem. Uh, but what happens then is that my makeup usually, you know, sort of shifts and gets sweated away. So it never looks quite as good as it did when I put it on. So I think when I go out in public, I'm almost more self-conscious if I have makeup on because I'm like, fuck. I was going to say, I'm constantly like rubbing my eyes. You know, (laughs) pushing everything that I've just like painstakingly put on like off of my face. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think this is the, yeah, I now lean towards not wearing makeup, but I think also I get like some joy of like, you know, if I want to like sit down and I'm going somewhere, I like to put on makeup because I think, 
I, I'm like, you know, occasionally peruse the makeup tutorials on YouTube. Like, clearly we are not, we are like still novices here. Truly not the experts. It's all, it's all it's learning, a learning experience. experience. And makeup changes. Trends change. Like, it's all different. Um, but I think that, yeah, my story about the first time I used makeup is not nearly as funny as Mabes is. I think it was like probably, I think I was older than you were because I remember I was going to a homecoming. High school. Yes, yeah, so it was high school. And... Wow, it sounded like my it sounded like my family was like conservative or anything, but I like I wasn't allowed to wear makeup, which I didn't really think about. But I think they were just kind of like, "You don't need makeup," and I was like, "Yeah, okay." Uh, I also have like caterpillar eyebrows, which maybe now are like in, but someone should have told me about it because, uh, oh boy. Um, anyways, but now that's in, uh, and I remember going to the like the football game, and I like stole my mom's makeup and I think I remember wearing like a massive white hoodie I don't know why and there was like white glittery eyeshadow and I was like a brilliant let me just put this all over my eyelids a brilliant and I was like I was like but I'll be like I'll be subtle like they won't notice I'm wearing makeup like I'm you know thinking the first time I'm gonna use makeup I'll be good enough to like make it look like I'm not wearing makeup and I remember like about to get into the car because my parents were of course driving me uh and my mom was like what are you wearing? And I was like, nothing. And she was like, uh, okay. So I think I actually tried to lie about uh, my uh, frosted eyelids sort of unsuccessfully. Anyways, then started kind of a tumultuous relationship with makeup in general. All throughout junior high, I um, bought this eyeshadow that I think was advertised to accentuate green eyes. I believe it was sort of red tinged. So I literally circled my eyes in, in red red <laughs> uh, a great look um in hindsight like looking at pictures I looked a little ill but like that's okay and then it took me a really long time to outgrow that I think I just still I think like you know there's a certain level of maturity that you need to attain yeah what like, um in order to be really like truly comfortable in your own skin with your own body totally. this is something that Jessica Williams talked about a lot and I think like this is something that I struggled with up through like freshman year of college, I oh, think yeah. I was still wearing makeup. I think last year I was volunteering abroad for a semester, like four months, and I obviously was not wearing makeup as I was like working on a farm or like building things. So I think that's when I finally became truly comfortable with just never wearing makeup. Like even dressing up to go to events that we went to, mm-hmm. I didn't put on makeup. Going out with friends that we met, I didn't put on makeup. And I think that was. That was me at age 19, finally being yeah. comfortable enough in my own skin to not even feel like I needed makeup to go out to dinner. Right. Which I think... Which is kind of crazy, I think, if we think about it. Maybe yeah, we're just, it's like... sad. It's also really sad because, yeah. like, ideally, every girl should be comfortable enough with her own beauty, her natural beauty, that she doesn't feel like people would judge her. But it's also important to say that we're not saying because you wear makeup, you are, like, lacking in self-confidence. Because I think another, like, on the converse of that, it's kind of like, first you have to get to the point where you're, like, comfortable in your own skin. And then maybe the next step is you're like, I understand that makeup is, like, a self-expression. And if I'm like, hey, I feel like I look great if I, like, put on some red lipstick. Well, here's the other thing. It's like, putting on makeup is fun. Doing makeup is fun. Buying makeup is fun. My bank account knows it. It's great. But, yeah, so it's important to know that the Just makeup doesn't define yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make your decisions. Be live confident. your life. Do you, ladies, do you. And men. Ladies Everyone. and men, wear makeup as you please. Matt, Matt,
say nothing. Oh, 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 my lips so luscious. The way I spice it up with the Mac Mac brushes. L'Oreal got them woke, watermelon crushes. That's probably the reason all these boys got crushes. What you know about me? What you, what you know about me? What you know about me? What you, what you know? Is that my lip gloss is cool. My lip gloss be popping. I'm standing at my locker and all the boys keep stopping. What you know about me? What you, what you know? So the last thing we want to talk about is a new app, well, new to us, and I think it's mostly it's new, new in general, although the past co- several people I've mentioned to you have been like, oh, yeah, I know about that. We talked For about real? it in class. Yeah, here I was so excited to be, like, about announcing this? this cool new app that I had discovered, but then I talked to, like, a couple people, and they're like, yeah, we discussed that in my business promotion class, and I was like, what? what? Anyway, this app is called the Companion app, and it's a virtual walk-home app. It was designed by some students from the University of Michigan. And the intent behind it is for women or anyone, anyone walking home alone um, at night, you can have a virtual companion. You use the app to send a request to someone and they will get a text message if they don't have the app that will say, so-and-so requested you to walk them home. And so this app then uses your GPS to know your location. And in the app, you can tap if you're feeling nervous. There's a little button that says, I feel nervous. You can tap. And that goes to a wider server that lets um, local police and also campus police know of um, particular areas where a lot of people are feeling nervous, which is really good um, for those oh, police so to So it doesn't like to. necessarily report anything right off no, the bat. No, if you... Um, there are there. You can either hit the button that says call nine one one, and it will automatically report your location to nine one one. But also, if you are straying off your path, it can detect if your headphone jack is like wildly yanked out, and that alerts the person who is your virtual walk home companion. And then they can call you and also call the police. Um, so it's a really good thing. I love the idea behind this. It's I love so cool. the idea of being able to really feel safe walking home alone. I mean, I walk home late from the library all the time, and it's a two-block walk from campus to our apartment. And sometimes I feel unsafe or just, like, jumpy, not necessarily unsafe. Yeah, that's but a good point. I think, you know, especially I love the idea of my sister, who's at school on literally the opposite side of the country in Oregon, I love the idea of being able to, me personally, feel safe about her walking around in Portland at night or walking home late at night if she moves off campus and that kind of thing. And I just think the idea behind this is so great. Everybody should download it and use it, especially in cities, big college campuses, everywhere, because this is something that could prevent a lot of issues. Yeah, I think this is fantastic. I think it's good because you don't have to... The person that you want to be your virtual walk-home companion doesn't have to download the app, so I think mm-hmm. it's pretty accessible. Uh, and I think it's, I mean, you know, obviously college safety and, like, campus, you know, rape culture are really hot topics right now. And I feel like this is, like, a really wonderful way to kind of counteract that. And I love that the, it was students that developed it. That's yeah. so, so cool. I think it's so great. I mean, at the end, when you reach your destination, this is all done remotely on GPS. And so your virtual walking home companion gets a little message that says, like, oh, Maeve has safely reached her destination. Um, they also have a really cool commercial yeah. for it. And we'll post the link in, um, for the commercial below yeah. the podcast. Um, but great app. Everybody should download it yeah. and really take advantage of this, whether you're walking home at night across campus or across the city, if you're on public transport, really this can be used absolutely anywhere. And um, it's a really accessible wow. app, but it's free in the app store and also it's easy to use. 
Very simple, mm-hmm. very easy to use. Comprehensive. So, yep, exactly. Everybody should use it. So that concludes the third episode. Whoa. A bottom shelf. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah, and if you're like a first-time listener, maybe that's wishful thinking. If you're a first-time listener, feel free to look at our previous two podcasts. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, we are on Twitter. Uh, we have an email address. Email We us. also are now on iTunes. Possibly you're getting this Finally. podcast on iTunes. Feel free to, like, write some reviews, mm-hmm. rate us. We might get an Instagram if a lot of people request to see our faces. It will be all selfies. <laughs> Just nothing I hope but. you're prepared to take, like, the full brunt of that because I'm not into selfies. Also, if there's, like, any topics you want us to, to discuss, if you maybe are tired of hearing our voices and suggest that we get a guest, there are at least two people. Who have requested We could talk to. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, listen up next week, our next podcast, we're going to talk on a lot of issues, including campus rape culture, which as we talked about earlier is a really important thing. And also selfies selfies. and selfies. What else do you need? So there's some seriousness and there's some levity, but that's basically what you get with us. Um, so see you next time.